Travel back in time with us to the Heisei period where an old foe returns to finish off a trilogy and an era where our protagonist once more adapts in order to overcome the odds. And to a point in time where this series must end due to floundering audiences and changing times, join us this week as we finish off the oft-overlooked death and rebirth of a giant butterfly. This is Kaiju vs. History, Rebirth of Mothra 3. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is your goth fairy sister, Miles, and joining me is my goody little two-shoe sister, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing this? Oh, you. <laughs> Will we ever uh, come together and and bury the hatchet between I us? I mean, it might take you dying to get It might there. take one of, <laughs> one of our sisters dying, yeah, but... This is a really interesting movie in terms of the Elias. I think... It's yeah. some of their more in- most interesting stuff they've gotten to do so far in terms yeah. of narrative. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, fighting in the first two movies and it's just like a I'll get you kind of thing. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it is very Rita repulsa e, and here she's a little more multifaceted. Well, yeah, they decided to give. Uh, yeah, uh, L- L- Laura. Laura. Not, yeah. Uh, Maul is the one that dies. Give her a little bit more, even though I think. That is the new actress. One of the Elias sisters was replaced from the the first two movies. And yeah, Megumi Kobayashi plays Maul, and she was in all three. The the actress that plays Belvera Akihano is is in all three, I believe. And then they they replaced Laura for this one. Yeah, so we're we're talking about the old Rebirth of Mothra series, the third in this trilogy, and this is technically. I think the last Toho Heisei film, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, I think the Heisei era <laughs> in Japan continues on after this, but this is. I, I think ends. it continues until was it literally like 2010 or something. Yes. But we, we call the next series kind of starting with Godzilla, the Godzilla 2000, the Millennium series. And. That is that's a shorter era, but technically most of it is in Heisei still. But because it is so different, this this feels like the actual end of the Heisei series. And this is we should mention the first Toho production that doesn't have Tamiyuka Tanaka in in the credits as as opposed to he I think he passed right before this movie came out. Mm. So this is like. The, the one that he didn't really have any influence on. I think even the last movie he had like a story by credit, but yeah, he uh, passed. I'm, I'm so sorry. Is, the Heisei era ended in 2019. Right, right. Uh, I was about to say Rewa doesn't start until like super, super late, but the Heisei era in the form of Toho, this is kind of the, the end of, of an era. And after this, well, they, they were going to wait a while while the American Godzilla movies were produced, but <laughs> they they had to go right back to the drawing boards to to get another Godzilla movie out the following year. <laughs> they they kind of rushed it to uh, to get Godzilla back in the audience's good graces. 
So th- this is the same Mothra from the trilogy, but facing off against a kind of a new King Ghidorah. It's not one that exists in the you know Godzilla series. This is its own monster. Yeah, and I don't really understand how it I ties in. Don't remember. Okay, so it's been a little bit. There's been a, some wild movies that have been watched in between Rebirth <laughs> Two and and now. Well, yeah, we we saw Godzilla minus one. <laughs> well, there, there's then and now. There, there's there's that too. We, some we some bad that. bad movies in our our lineup here. Yeah, we had uh, Mighty Ka- Kong. <laughs> The blowout of our our palette that was 1998's Godzilla. It's <laughs> just so different. So I don't remember if at the end of Rebirth 2 that Mothra becomes a girl. Because when yeah. in the in what I was watching, they kept referring to this Mothra as she. Yeah, no, it's it's still I think it's the same Mothra that I thought so too. That's why I was like, why do they keep referring to Mothra as she? And she doesn't or he doesn't die in this movie either right okay so just, that i'm not a hundred percent on they, they just keep going through like a a, a, a molting form you know changing styles and basically getting suit upgrades it feels it, it very much feels like they're getting mega man style power-ups throughout the series i can now go underwater and turn in and go into your bloodstream yeah it's uh, the, the, <laughs> we'll talk about that because this this script does not it focuses i mean it uses fantasy logic and just sticks with it (laughs) yeah it's its own little bubble universe the trilogy and but before we get into all that patrick please tell us what's in a title so this is the big december release for toho for 1998 it came out december 12th which is you know, prime time to get in before the holiday season, which is a big thing in Japan before, you know, um, people are, are going out to see these movies as, as families. And th- th- this is always like the reserve spot for for Toho monster films. Usually it's a Godzilla, but of course we haven't had a Godzilla for a couple of years at this point. So Rebirth has been taking that slot. It came out in Japan as Mothra Suri. Kingu Ghidra Raishu, which literally translates to Mothra 3, Invasion of King Ghidra. Great title. I love the Japanese title. <laughs> I, I, I just like that. <laughs> They're all, you know, this this was not a, a cinema, a theater release in the U.S., but it came out in 2003. Uh, I guess it had a TV premiere on the Sci-Fi Channel in 2003, but on VHS, I guess DVD, it was another rebirth of Mothra 3. Not many other alternative titles. The German title was Mothra King Ghidorah Returns. And I don't know if they're mentioning that as like a King Ghidorah from a Godzilla movie or if they're talking about Desgadora in the first rebirth of Mothra, because this is not the same monster as that one. Right. So, yeah, not not many other titles besides those. So here I think we have maybe our our most defined protagonists of the franchise is is this kind of lonely kid who I, I i don't know if if it's like depression or if he's got you know some sort of other issue but he 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 doesn't go to school but he seems to have like a presence in the house he like you know helps his mom like <laughs> i guess perfect the to dinner he seems to get along with his his sibling 
very similar family, but a little lower class than the Rebirth One family. Well, not only that, but like you also don't have both. Both movies have like stinker protagonists. Like the kids <laughs> are like little, little brats. They, they're they're fighting. Like well, one of the kids in the last one was like a bully, you know, that gets kind of reformed. And so here you don't have that. Like this kid seems to be a good kid and seems to have some you know, uh, mental struggles in terms of like internal struggles, which is a part of the story in terms of how he deals with the larger than life adventure that he ends up going on. This yeah. to me has the most hero journey. I think of all of the, mm-hmm. the Mothra movies so far in terms of the protagonist. Yeah. So Shota and the rest of his, his family, the Sonoda family are, I think immediately all much more likable than, yeah. Than the other kids and I guess adults. The, the only the thing that bothered me about them is that the parents called each other mama and papa. <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of grossed me out just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to listen to what the Japanese words they were, they were actually saying. And I think they were, they were saying mama and papa literally. Yeah. Saying like an Americanized version of that because mom and dad in Japanese is haha and chi chi or misuka and, Mosuka, I think. So I, I was, I, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> no, I, I, I very much disliked that. <laughs> <laughs> but besides a, a, a well-defined crew of protagonists, uh, you also have some antagonists that their journey and their <laughs> desires are very laid out. Though there is back, of course, one to destroy humanity kind of allies herself with the return of a like a almost nameless menace from the past, a King Ghidorah, not the King Ghidorah, perhaps, but an ancient enemy that 130 million years ago killed the dinosaurs, maybe <laughs> wiped so out the here, dinosaurs on Earth. Here's where I get confused because I oh I felt like in this one, Belvera, I mean, clearly was like you know, the beginning she's trying to steal the the Triforce, basically. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Courage, hope, and love, and love. I think. The three. Yeah, courage, wisdom, and love, I think. Yes. And right. so that she's trying to do. I, I didn't get the impression that she was responsible or really allied with King Ghidorah, but she was kind of staying out of things. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... Because I mean, she, she, she does no, that in the first movie. It does in the first one. one, but here she's kind of more lo- on looking because even after the first one... They, at a second one, she is kind of still like, and she says it m- multiple times, like we we have different opinions about how the earth should be and how things should go. But at the same time, she seems to also be a little softer on on her stance. Yeah, she's kind of been worked over the last two movies. And in, in the last one, we saw her helping out the kids and things towards the end. Yes, I, I, I'd love her as, as a as a character. <laughs> I, I, I love her in this movie. The, the, the development that character goes through in this one is really, really solid. And I was yeah. honestly genuinely impressed with what they do with her. And I thought the actress absolutely killed it this time because mm-hmm. she was getting to do some other st- like she still has a couple things where like she'll do her little, you know, kick her little mount. And was it Juju? Garu Garu. Garu Garu Garu. And so she'll do still do some goofy stuff. But like she is she is just a much more fleshed out character. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that like King Ghidorah has this other power where he can like utilize the darkness it's within so, your heart. 
so weird yeah it, he like feeds on negative energy of like the children in this and has like a magical mythical dome he's able to trap children inside and also yeah. has time travel abilities how how do they get back in time in this film what happens that they time um, travel so I, they sing um i'm so confused by by the time uh, they drop a beat and they they sing a tune which causes her to kind of crystallize mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm. or ca- causes causes malt to crystallize there yeah it's it's really interesting because like yeah Gita steals all these kids and shut up kind of ventures into the woods which are supposed to be kind of sacred or haunted weird things happen there and he comes across the elias and as this is all going down and kind of goes on a journey to eat to, to kind of find out where the kids are and you know he sees king Ghidorah and they are trying to essentially figure out how to stop him mothra intervenes and gets absolutely freaking wrecked <laughs> Yeah, you know, Mothra's like main advantage is like the usually the speed and f- ability of flight and King Ghidorah, you know, has both those things as well. <laughs> so the first first go around their gravity beams seem to work very well against <laughs> our our friend Mothra. Yeah, and since we're talking about the monsters, I know you got some stuff about the special effects in this one. How did you feel about the King Ghidorah design? Honestly, of all the Ghidras we've seen so far, I think this is one of my favorites. It's it really is, good. It's really good. It is, you know, fully pseudomated. So there's, you know, I don't even have the, the name in front of me, but someone inside the King Ghidra suit, a couple people, I think maybe at one point, but oh, here, Tsutoma Kitagawa is both versions of, of Ghidra that we see. He will be well known to us on this podcast because he takes over a lot of the Millennium Series Godzilla nations, but he does a great job here in a very bulky suit. I think part of it is the heads are not as floppy. They're a little more. Yeah, they they, they kind this. of have. And I mean, the entire suit seems more solid. It yes. almost looks like it's almost like a vinyl <laughs> almost does a lot better in, in I, this film. I like I like the look. I, I love the, the molds for the head. I think they look really yep. dangerous. They, they updated them a little bit in, in both versions. And it's a little too shiny in a a, mm. a matte way. Like, I, I wouldn't mind if it was like a reflective shiny, but like it's noticeable because it doesn't have that kind of dirt, dirt look that the older ones did from having some of those soft scales uh, on the uniform. I think the uh, only Japanese version of King Ghidorah I like more is maybe GMK and but this feels very similar to to that one. Yeah, no, um, I mean this, this is this is a great looking suit and and he has so, a different roar too. Yeah, yeah, they they we don't have the the trill of, yeah, of King Ghidorah's past and I think you know may, maybe rightly so it's cuz this isn't at least I don't believe it is a space alien monster which i think that works yeah. better for that this is this is a an ancient monster that maybe it came to earth at one point but i'm pretty sure is meant to have been more dragon like so they they've changed the war to kind of go go with that yeah so we see two versions including a an ancient cretaceous version of of king Ghidorah. 
some of the early designs you can see on Toho Kingdom were really great. I, I put one in the notes here, but uh, definitely you can see the influences being a lot more dragon-like in in some ways, um, maybe less space or, or less of a regular kind of Showa Eric monster and more space threat. But uh, yeah, but I mean the dragon-like features have never been as pronounced as they were in this film. I really do mm-hmm. like the kind of like half moon crest on, on their three heads. Uh, but yeah, a lot, a lot chonkier, a lot thicker suit, and doesn't, he's not really the punching bag of this movie. He does very well in several of the fights against Mothra and Mothra has to adapt multiple times. So it is kind of, um, kind of exciting to, to see him go up against Mothra. The director of special effects for this film is, is Kenji Suzuki. And just like this suit actor for King Gator, he's going to go on and work in the, the next two Godzilla films, Godzilla 2000 and versus mega Gyrus. So, which I could totally see the influence on the suit design in mega Gyrus, especially. Yes. I don't know, but I mean, Orga is such a weird thing. <laughs> Orga is a <laughs> but, weird one. Um, <sighs> <laughs> Mega Gyrus seems like a monster that should be in the Rebirth series, <laughs> you know, Mothra versus this giant bug creature, mm-hmm. another creepy bug creature. What did you think about our new versions of Mothra's form in this film? We got, oh, got a couple I, of different ones. You know, I've been a fan of of the the multiple forms for Mothra here, and this movie is no different. The Lightspeed Mothra looks sick. It actually kind of looks like a spaceship. It, it's it's the the most toy like I feel like of of all of them. If he's like I, you say we're... that, but that armored Mothra would be a sick toy too. Armored Mothra looks great, and then at the end of the film, there's like uh, it's listed here as Eternal Mothra, and it's basically just armor Mothra without the armor bits. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but like the 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 sequence in which. Mothra gets the armor armor and you get these like in like CGI invisible wings that like end up kind of getting filled out with color. Pretty awesome. A great sequence. And then I I hate when the transformation is just like the flashing of the screen and then it's like a different model. I like them showing kind of like an 80s tokusatsu show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually showing a metamorphosis, which they kind of skip out on the last few movies when Mothra Leo changes into Aqua Mothra, for example. But th- this movie does do that a little bit well, but, uh, a little bit also, better. You also get us like an actual fight sequence afterwards where like Mothra wrecks Ghidorah. And it's honestly some of the best, I think, Mothra fighting we've ever seen in any movie. Like Mothra having an actual offense and looking cool doing it. Because a lot of times... It is kind of I'm going to oh, and this happens. It happens in this one, too. It's like I'm going to hit you with some glitter. I'm going to web you up <laughs> and hey, there, there's some webbing going on in this film. <laughs> not, a, not a ton, but it happens at one point. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I agree. I think of the three, that's definitely the, the some of the best battles, some of the best suit designs here in in terms of some elements of the plot. You know, we've kind of already seen this plot in the Heisei Godzilla movies of people going back in time to fight a monster before he's more powerful in Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. <laughs> That's what the they weren't the Zillions. The, who, who, who were the aliens in that movie? I, I, I yeah. can't remember. You talking about Invasion of Astro Monster? No, it, the Heisei 
Godzilla. Oh, the Heisei Thor. They they go back in time to fight to kill Godzilla Saurus. They weren't aliens. They were just they were just dicks yeah, from the yeah, future. The Futurians or whatever they were. But I mean, the, I think this plot does it a little better because we actually like almost all the action is transported back in time. Whereas that one, it kind of felt like just an aside. <laughs> all the the action goes back to the Cretaceous period, I believe. So we actually see, you know, real life dinosaurs, which unlike Jurassic Park did exist in the Cretaceous period. They're like 80 million years off, I think, in their their reckoning. But they're supposed to go back 130 million years to when King Ghidorah was maybe just yeah, Ghidorah. Even Nuts. though they are very clearly just like stop motion action figures. <laughs> yeah, like, but we they're very, very plastic. We get to see, yes, very much. I, I would say like three of the most popular dinosaurs. You got T-Rex, you got Triceratops, got Brontosaurus, which were all Cretaceous Yeah, you, you get Shark dinosaurs. Tooth, Sarah, and Littlefoot. <laughs> oh, I didn't even put that together. I uh, mean, I, I don't think I don't think they were making any reference to Land Before Time, but, <laughs> but uh, there was there's also weird... there's also like a duck build dinosaur, yeah, I think, yeah. at one point. But yeah, they they at the very least have that right about their their history. Oh, there's a there's a pterodon as well. So, but yeah, all these are things that were actually in the the Cretaceous period. So I I, I give them a point for that. But I thought they were going to have more of a plot like relevance because there's a scene where like Mothra like cuts off Ghidorah's tail and they all kind of like look at it, yeah, and kind of approach it. I'm like, oh, we're going to get something else happening. This is going to be sick. And then they just kind of stare at it, and then like the tail just like goes into the earth and i'm like oh man kind of, <laughs> like, kind of nothing happens kind of violent for one of these rebirth movies it is in line with i would say the well um, say action but no this the the fighting in this one and i think they were doing that because of the declining ticket sales because the fighting in this one's pretty brutal for a mothra movie like you see Ghidorah like rip off like or rip into like mothra's wings and tear him you see mothra almost get brutalized several times mothra Personally, yeah, cuts his tail off, like essentially like blasts through him and causes him to explode. I mean, it's a honestly a like I said, it's the, it's got the best fight sequences of any Mothra fight to me. Good I, good mixes of there's some some fights at night that look very good when you mm-hmm. have actual pyrotechnics on actual suits and miniatures and things like that. There is uh, it is mostly the the same as the first movie where they they have like the the mountain set where yeah a lot that, of set, these fights... that set piece I thought the same thing the <laughs> set piece seemed to be reused although the fight was very very different using a different suit uh, different techniques but I agree when I saw when I saw that landscape I was like oh, man really it's it's so sad because like Ghidorah first does start by attacking the city Tokyo and there, there is some miniature destruction. So it got me very hopeful. This movie was going to be a little different, but, but get wild. The, yeah. The, the last hour of the movie is all kind of in the, the same mountain set, which I mean, it, it works great for, you know, they're flying over it half the time. So who cares? <laughs> but I really, you know, am a fan of that original Mothra movie. And that Mothra movie has some great city destruction. The first Gator, the three headed, Monster has some some great city destruction. I just feel like they they really miss something in the rebirth series by not, you know, I mean, just take a take one page out of Gamera's <laughs> notebook and and 
do do all mm-hmm. the seed destruction you can get in your 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 film. Uh, I understand they can't do that when they go back to the Cretaceous period, but you can you can you can write your script around that, you know, to yeah, absolutely show some more. But yeah, the, it, it's it starts out great. I do like a lot of that Cretaceous action as well, but mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of of one of my favorite mangas, the 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 Drifting Classroom by Azu, which also has like ton of kids being teleported into a different time period and, and kind of being stuck there and being harassed by a bunch of stuff. And and the kids in this movie teleported into the magical dome. I feel like are, are in the same vein needing a, a protagonist to rescue them, needing a Mothra to, to save them from, from King Ghidorah, just like in the, the first rebirth, he's not eating children. He's like feasting on indeed their, their, torture <laughs> inside that dome which is yeah pretty pretty metal uh <laughs> the first desgadora was like eating trees and things like that so it, we've, we've come a long way <laughs> yeah. from that that environmental message to to hear oh it might be interesting to know uh, king Gator was not always in the script for for this film i think and i think you can kind of see this in some of what turned out on the the big screen i think they were actually planning to do a a more ancient dragon kind of uh, like a new monster either like rodan in the this version of the mothra universe or some kind of monster that that is similar that Mm -hmm. you know is is mutated in the future and then they go back in time and they're you know mothra is all of a sudden just fighting like a giant pterodon so potentially Rodan was in those original scripts, but maybe just like in the Godzilla movies in the Heisei, once the ticket sales for the the second Rebirth movie didn't didn't stun them, they were like, "All right, that's it. Bring out King Ghidorah. We need to put butts." I in. I, I could see that. I also I, I think that Ghidorah. I mean, because they've already used Ghidorah once before. I feel like. They wanted to close this out. I'm like, all right, let's let's have Mothra come against the actual Ghidorah, which seems to be a lot more powerful. That like, what's I mentioned this in that first episode, but like, it bums me out that someone like Desigida or Death Ghidorah, as we know him, is this black King Ghidorah is a weaker form. <laughs> yeah, very much like, so. can't even fly really. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, that's a bummer because like he's got the most metal look and name. And but I will say, I I. Even though they did, you know, reuse Ghidorah, the the new suit they gave him looks fantastic. He does look a little bit more dragon-like, so you still get that atmosphere. He's also got that secondary power of like manipulating uh mole and feeding off the children. Like that's yeah. an interesting thing. So like while they do use Ghidorah visually, he kind of acts like a different monster because he because like you said, he's not necessarily a space monster. It's mm-hmm. Because Gator's always been like, oh, yeah, he's just evil. He's a, a jerk. And mm-hmm. we're just going to have him wreck things. But here yeah. it's like, no, he's this. He is an ancient evil. But like he feeds off this. This is this is his rela- like, anti-relationship with Earth and with the with the living beings of Earth. And that is interesting. It's and one of the reasons, though, I dislike King Gator is like they just can never really settle on 
<laughs> giving him one thing. He's going to be something completely different the next time we see him in GMK. I mean, well. <laughs> that, but like great villains like that are all or, or iconic villains like that tend to that tends to happen a lot. You know, there's a million I, versions of the Joker. There's a million versions of Apocalypse. There's a million versions like. I still wish it, we would have gotten a Rodan. I think a Rodan versus Mothra. I love Rodan. I mean, because. I wouldn't be against it. You have two flying creatures going at each other. And like Rodan didn't really get, he didn't get an appearance in the Heisei era, did he? No, he did in versus. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. He does pop up there. Pretty, pretty cool. Cool appearance as well. I just think. Yeah, no, I like that suit. I forgot. I forgot about that. I could have made something. And I think there's some of the art sketches on Toho kingdom for, for things that they were looking at. But um, like, like you said, King of looks great here. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is what would you think about the the alternative uh power of the dome with the uh the tentacles Ten- the cgi tentacles were very disturbing grabbing kids i kept thinking they were going to do something else especially when they yeah. grab like one of the elias and i'm like whoa this is a children's film yeah we're, we're going to see some some more cgi tentacles in gamera 3 <laughs> but well, i was surprised to see them here <laughs> I, uh, I i i was too little, I, little creepy they, they took me by surprise for sure. And I was like, <laughs> what is going on? We got fairy Mothra back. We got Garu Garu mostly in their same form. Yeah. Like, the, some of the original sketches of what they were going to do with Garu Garu, which much more interesting where it was going to be like all technical, like all clockwork kind of design as you know, it took damage in the first movie. You found out it was, it was a mechanical beast. And then, they showed a lot more of it of Gargaro's kind of mechanical parts in the second one. And this one, I mean, he's got some things that are interesting. He's got these cool racing goggles that flip off up and off his eyes and some little technical bits, but the design of the Gargaro could have been a lot cooler. Fairy Mothra is, is just the same as it's ever been. Uh, it is yeah. very fun to go back and watch the behind the scenes of the two Elias writing Fairy Mothra on a green screen and, and it looks like it was kind of like a buck and Bronco because, you know, it's yeah. uh, like, you know, piston activated. So they were <laughs> they're having to hold on as they were they were shooting and oh, Moth, Fairy Mothra is about to turn. And then he goes <laughs> very, very quickly. This movie came out on Laserdisc in 1998. Do you remember Laserdisc? Yeah. Uh, with Godzilla. 1998 for for Japanese audiences. I think that is a, a hilarious dual. That's a weird laser duel. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, these are the like, two most recent movies to 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 come out. I I thought that was interesting. Not much in the way of legacy for for this film. Like so, this does close out the trilogy. We don't really see these forms of Mothra existing in in a lot of other media after this this king Ghidorah, i don't think they use the same suit again for gmk but it is a very same similar either. gmk style suit um i actually don't don't know i don't i don't think so but that i, I think this design is is the best we've gotten i yeah i pref- prefer this and the suitimation over the the 1990 film version for Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Did you did you have any favorite scenes or anything you want to point I, out before we I, get to, to rate yeah, this? Yeah, I do. Boy? One of them is the first fight between Ghidorah and Mothra. Ghidorah just stomps off Mothra like in the most violent way. It, it is payback for what happened to 
to my man Ghidorah in Destroy All Monsters, where he gets absolutely <laughs> curb stomped by like five <laughs> different kaiju. Yeah. Like, like I mean, he came with a mission. The other, <laughs> it's only a stupid thing I kept thinking of. It's, it's is... a great, great, you know, plot point in all these movies is Mothra has got to fail basically the first time it fights any kaiju. And then comes back stronger, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, because Mothra does not put up too much of a a fight. Oh, yeah. But King, my favorite. King Greta throws Mothra upside down in the air and then laser beams <laughs> like 500 feet above the ground. It, it's why sometimes I wish I was watching this movie with another human being. Because I was watching this without my uh, fiance. There's a hey. scene where Shota is, is wandering around the woods. And he finds the the cave that he apparently has been in several times, but acts like he never has at first. But he looks in and this whole like swarm of bats fly out and he kind of just steps back and looks at them wistfully. And the only thing I could think of was, yes, father, I shall become a bat (laughs) because he's like he's so chill about it and just looking off in the distance. And I'm like, this kid's gonna become Batman. <laughs> like that that is legit my favorite scene in the movie just because it was so funny. But yeah, any any of the fight sequences are are pretty great. I gotta hand it to him. And the the whole moment with all three Elias at the end, not mm-hmm. the end, but like the resur- kind of the rex- resurrection of Maul, because well, the way the Elias finish off there is a little awkward and doesn't I don't know if it's a localization thing, but like it just didn't seem I don't know. It just it just ended in a weird on a weird note. Yeah, um, it has Laura and, and Belvera kind of teaming up as the, the two Elias at the end. And then yes. once Maul is back in the picture, Belvera's like, I'll see you later. Yeah, right. And then like Maul's like mean mugging her. I'm like, why? Yeah, like y'all, y'all are all she's cool the hero now. of this film. She is. Absolutely she is the hero of this film. The like hero. if it wasn't for Belvera, the, the earth is done. What, all of Belvera uh, stuff is great in this movie. What about you? Did you have a, a favorite? Part other than uh, Shota becoming Batman. I mean, I've, I'll get into this in my <laughs> review, but once again, I've been hoodwinked because I've, I was watching this movie and we're back in time. There's this insane fight between Mothra and King Ghidorah, and like eventually, like the kids all escape the dome. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're wrapping up this movie. This is such a climactic ending, and I, I move my mouse. <laughs> And see, there's still a half hour of the film left. I'm like, what is that? How is this possible? This movie, along with that first one, yeah, they just feel like they pack so much into that first hour. And yeah, there's what three major fights between yeah and and King. Like you get your tickets, your money's worth in this movie, which is only about an hour and forty minutes long. Yeah, so maybe the shortest of the three. I forget. I am with you. Like this, all three movies have done this, but especially this one, I was like, okay, we're, we're wrapping up. And then I, I move my mouse. I'm like, wait a minute. There's like 40 minutes left. <laughs> in this. How, How are there is... 40 minutes left? This movie has had its natural conclusion. Oh, How no. Is possible. Oh, no. Yeah, um, the first one was an hour and 46 minutes, which was definitely needed a 15 minutes of cuts. None, and... of, these, none of these movies need to be over 90. Uh, and, and both two and three are an hour and 39 minutes. So just, just a, a, a scooch over, but they definitely feel like, two, like easily two hour films, right? I'm not, I'm not yeah, imagining no, this. I, I, absolutely. You could easily cut 10 minutes in this movie and be fine. 
Got a little bit of kid stuff and probably probably so good. So yeah, let, let's get into our our rating of Rebirth of Mothra three and talking about it. Like you said, it is. I think it's a movie that I'd enjoy a lot more if I was watching it with someone. But so, I, I think that goes with all three of these. these I mean, films. and that's with a lot of kaiju movies. But there there were especially some moments where I was like, I, I even said that out loud to myself, and I'm like, I'm I'm saying this to nobody. I don't have a secret audience watching me, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> I still I. I think I enjoy the first one just slightly more than than this movie. I'm giving, you know, it it, it, it gets the benefit uh, of having all to see all the successes of the first two movies and all the failures of those other two and kind of course correct in in some ways. But even that doesn't make it like perfect. <laughs> Uh, that I, I do enjoy this family of four, maybe more than the first and, and the kaiju battles better than I mean anything that happened in Rebirth of Mothra to battle wise between between Mothra and our, our, our the, the only really new monster, I guess <laughs> we've got two Ghidoras in the in the bookends right. of this trilogy. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a I'm going to stick with a seven out of ten for my personal enjoyment is very good. I probably would go back. I don't know. I would either go to one or three if I'm wanting to rewatch one of these in the future and maybe for different reasons. This one does, I think, have the most action, but one has a very simple to follow plot, you know, front front to back in the environmental message and, and whatnot. This movie is just wild. It's all over the place. What, what about you for personal enjoyment? <laughs> so for personal enjoyment, I absolutely loved this movie. It was my mm-hmm. favorite of the three. And the only reason I wouldn't tell someone to just watch this one is because to get some of the impact of yeah. Belvera's character stuff, you kind of have to at least watch one of those movies. Yeah, um, that, that's the thing. Like her character arc over the trilogy it's hard to cut out any part of her story, you know? Right. And so I, I don't want to be like, Oh yeah, watch the whole trilogy. But like, if you're going to watch one, you know, watch three, but like, I don't know, read up on the character or something, Mm. but I, this movie felt like to me, like a small JRPG with the, the main character going off on this quest, even the score, the, the fantastic score of this movie sounds like final fantasy music. It mm-hmm. sounds like stuff from six and five. Like it's, and even I didn't even wrote my notes during the one of the fights. It's like this sounds like sounds like Final Fantasy, like like anywhere from seven through nine, the battle music. And it was even though there are like a, you know as many bosses and stuff like that, it just it had that kind of journey where I felt like I was watching a JRPG story unfold. And you did have like a multi tiered boss that when you thought think things are over, oh no, it's back. You get multiple forms of your character. It's everything was worked out for me. I thought the story beats were pretty fantastic. I loved all the stuff that they did with Belvera. I really liked Shoda. The fights are the absolute, like I said a few times already, this fights are the best Mothra's ever had. Mm-hmm. So for me, for personal enjoyment, nine out of 10. Yeah, I, I should mention, yeah, the music is very good. He, the the same music producer, uh, Toshiyuki Watanabe, did the music for all three of the movies. I think Does it, he sleep it, in the first two. I think they're good in all three of them. But as far as video game scores, he worked on orchestration for the Shinmu series. So if you've, oh. <laughs> you've heard of <laughs> okay. those. That, that I can hear that for sure. Yeah. So it has some video game 
history. So nine, nine out of 10 from you. What about for the technical aspect? So here is where I do kind of knock it off a little because I, I do think the script is a little too freewheeling. And, and some of this could be because of localization. So there, there is absolutely that. But there are things that like I'm fine with with fantasy logic, but there are some things that don't make sense for some characters in their behavior. And there are some things that I feel like I, some character stuff that I think should have been fleshed out better. And again, that could be a localization issue. I, I like how sophisticated this script is in comparison. And that to me is really the weak spot because I think all the actors are great. I mm-hmm. think the special effects look very solid. I, I honestly, I really appreciate that the armor Mothra transformation. Ghidorah looks great. The fights are well choreographed. So there's a lot going for this movie, but I think the script really does hurt it a lot. So I'm I'm knocking a little bit and going with an 8 out of 10. I'm right there with you. It, the, the plot is a little bit reused, but I do think just about all the other kind of aspects are a little bit better than the other two two movies. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, all, all three of these are just wildish, you know, outlandish, wild, kind of fun fantasy films for for the family. And this movie certainly looks that part a little bit better than the second film for sure. It, it does have the same director as the first Rebirth movie. Yes, um, who, who we haven't mentioned, Okihiro Yaneda. They don't feel like they're trying to ape american films as much in this outing this does feel no it feels like very Jap- japanese japanese production it feels like a kaiju movie it feels like television in in some aspects but it it feels like something that is made for their audience and not the u.s audience which the first one kind of felt like they were trying to tap into like a, a more global market but yeah like i said the same thing happened in <laughs> in the first movie where i was so amazed that there was like 36 minutes left in the movie kind of midway point and right hey you know it's working from a very similar script so it doesn't reinvent the wheel so i have 10 for the technical i I have upgraded my evocative score a good deal from my initial viewing um you know this this failed at the box office i think it made the least of the three movies and i think that's really just an indication of the changing times um Mm -hmm. This is it feels closer to the 1980s Godzilla movies than it does, you know, the 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 other parts of the Heisei film series. To put it in context, three months after this movie came out, The Matrix will release in the U.S. So (laughs) like, it's so crazy that those are like near back to back releases in the world and they're just two different universes. They, They feel more than a decade apart. So it's really hard to compare this to, you know, something even this is like, what, five years after Jurassic Park, for example. But in in terms of Kaiju, I I do feel like it really fits in and helps encapsulate the Heisei era of Toho movies. If this is supposed to be like the versus Destroya of the Rebirth series, I think it lives up to a lot of those expectations. I don't know if they wanted to do more with with Mothra, if you know they continued to sell tickets or not. But it feels like this is a good ending to to the series. You know, 
regardless. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, it, <laughs> like if they ended end, if they ended with two, that would have been terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you're gonna have to end the era with a Mothra movie, it definitely needs to be this one. It ha- it showcases some of the best Sudimation of the era. Honestly, some of these fights are pretty excellent, and I, I, I'm not gonna say they compare with some of the Heisei Godzilla fights, but some of them do. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It, did you did you say your your number? Not yet. I uh, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. It, it's so interesting because it is really neck and neck with the first movie as far as online audiences scores go. Both Letterbox and IMDb have it at a six out of ten. And yeah, I feel that's low when we're comparing it just to kaiju movies. I feel like this is a good, if not great, film. So uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely for for the the Heisei era, this is coming in pretty pretty hot. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I I think as as a kaiju film, especially as a fantasy kaiju film, as an offshoot of that, I think this is one of the best representations of it. And despite the fact that yes, it would help to watch the prior films just to get some of the character beats as satisfying. It, like if I'm gonna go back and watch a, a, a Rebirth of Mothra movie, it's going to be this. I'd actually be curious to hear what the dub sounds like. Like, I know the other ones weren't great, but still. I, I couldn't find one online. I'm pretty sure that they did. They had to have if they aired one. it on sci-fi now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't know. If you get this on Amazon, it's I think just subtitles. Just just subtitled. Oh, uh, the, the, the trilogy set's only subtitled. Oh, uh, Oh well, I'm I, I was talking about the the digital download on your your Amazon Prime. Oh no no, I was talking about the disc. Uh, um, I don't I you know I don't have that information up in front of me, but like I said, I imagine they this didn't release on DVD in in the United States. I think it only a, came out on the the trilogy Blu-ray. Yes, yeah, you are correct. In 2014, and which is now rare and out of print. <laughs> it, it used it does, to be like eight dollars, like. Six months ago, well, Wikizilla does have it listed as having both Japanese and English audio, so I imagine that's probably from the original releases, original voice acting for it. Yeah, um, so I, I'm I'm right there with you. I I do think this is really evocative of what makes a great fantasy kaiju film. What you can do in this era, it do, do, does it have its issues? Absolutely, but in terms of Honestly, a underrated and fantastic kaiju film. Like, does it have the cultural significance? No, not necessarily. Not this particular entry. I think the Rebirth of Mothra films as a whole are representative of how popular Mothra is. And whenever they're talked about, it's often talked about as the trilogy. So I, I, I kind of glump them all together sometimes in that respect. I know I was harsher on the other two in in this area, but. This yeah this 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 caps the the Heisei era in spectacular fashion. So I'm I'm with you. I I got to give this a nine in in that respect as well. Okay, so that that leaves you at a nine, me at an eight, and brings down our podcast final to an eight out of ten. I'm happy with that. It I mean that is a great film on our scale, and that pretty much ties with the first rebirth of of Mothra movies which we were b- both fairly impressed by i forget if we we were a little happier with that one both or if we were kind of both right in the the neighborhood of eights but i think the raw scores this one edges out the first movie a little bit and they both are 
more liked by us than the the second one. Even though I had a, I had a very good time with Roberta Marvin too. Uh, we I, only gave I that was movie not a stick on the second one. I think yeah, I gave we, it a six. <laughs> yeah, you gave it a six. I gave it a seven. So that one has a seven. But yeah, an eight out of ten for Rebirth of Mothra three. Ooh, boy. Miles, where can folks find us online if they want to chat Kaiji? Talk well, you can Kaiji. you can if you want to chat Kaiju, just join the Cosmic Crit Discord and talk to the us on the Kaiju vs. History channel there. You can talk to us anytime. But you can email us at kaiju versus history at gmail.com. You can tweet to us at kaiju versus history. You can visit our website, kaiju versus history.com and rate, review, comment on our show, share with your friends, let us know what you think. Check out our Letterboxd account, Kaiju vs. History, to see all of our reviews and watch our list of films. Patrick, what are we doing next week? Well, thank you, Miles. We are going to come back, and we invite you all to come back with us to once more monkey around with American movies. But this time, I mean, we've got a pretty large production company here. you got Disney taking on a classic giant ape. Tune tune in next time for History versus Mighty Joe Young. 